This is the Chop Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Illinois Pork Producers. Today we talk to Chef Carlos Gaetan, a critically acclaimed chef and restaurateur. Some of you might already know him from his appearance on season 11 of the hit show Top Chef, or from various TV shows in which he's a judge or host, but most of you should know him from his unique and innovative approach to Mexican cuisine, which you can find brilliantly on display at his restaurant Suco in Chicago, Illinois. Born and raised in Mexico, Chef Carlos Gaetan had honed his culinary skills throughout the years by working in some of the country's top kitchens. He moved to Chicago in 2007, where he opened his first restaurant, Mexique, which quickly became a hit with both local diners and international food critics. It's also where he became the first Mexican-born chef to ever earn a Michelin star. Now he's done it again with his restaurant, Ha, located in Escaret, Mexico, where he's the only chef to ever win the prestigious five-star diamonds within his first year of opening. With his signature blend of traditional Mexican flavors and contemporary cooking techniques, Chef Gaetan has earned a reputation as one of the most talented and creative chefs in the country and has been recognized by many prestigious culinary organizations and publications. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you my dear friend, Chef Carlos Gaetan. So Carlos, tell me, um, tell me a little bit more about Suco and and uh, the inspiration for it. How it's really changed the new transition from where you your old restaurant, which we'll talk about, and then your this new phase for you. You know, since uh, Mexique, uh, I used to do more fine dining, and sometimes I feel like people are really afraid of fine dining. Mm-hmm. I want to see more repeat customers all the time. So for me to do that, you know, I had to change mm-hmm. uh, everything, you know, about my cooking. And then uh, I love, you know, when I go back home, uh, visit my mom, sitting on the table with my family, my brothers, uh, mm. wives, kids. It's always a celebration, you know, right on the table. It's like my mom, she cooks a lot of dishes, put it right on the table. And everybody's reaching out, passing the food. You enjoy it a lot. So Suco, it comes from Huitzuco. That's my hometown. Huitzuco. Huitzuco. Yeah. It means place of thorns. Mm. So that's why you see so many thorns over here, so many things that we brought from my town. So every time that I step in here, it's like being in my hometown. Wow, I love that. So, you know, it represents my hometown. This is a, a museum for my hometown, including the food, you mm-hmm. know, that I... Uh, most of the recipes is something that I try at home mm-hmm. that my mom used to make for us. And her cochinita pibi is one of the most amazing yeah. things ever. And then... Uh, How uh, similar is it to the one that we you serve here? Is it a little bit different? No, no, it's the same recipe. Promise. Same. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have really cool But mom's story. is better. But mom's is better. Well, it's always yeah. better. I got a really cool story because mm-hmm. one of the times that I went back to Mexico, this is my mom. Mm-hmm. I told my mom, hey, mom, I'm cooking tonight. Mm-hmm. So bring my, my brothers and their family so I can make uh, the food. So I cook cochinita pibil, but the way that of uh, the Riviera Maya, you know, the, mm-hmm. the masters. I learned from the masters over there. They taught me how to make the cochinita pibil. And always I try to do a better way, the, 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 you know, they've been teaching me. So 
I think Michael Chinita Pivil that evening and everybody was eating and everybody was quiet. Hmm. And I was like, this is not normal. Normally when I cook at home, everybody gets happy, you know, and I had to ask my mom, hey mom, how's my cochinita pibil? Mm -hmm. She very kind, turns around and she's like, my dear son, I will cook my cochinita pibil for you tomorrow. <laughs> like, Ouch. It hurt. Yeah. yeah, that's why everyone yeah. was so used to eating mom's cochinita. Yeah. Oh, that's nothing great. to do with mine. So yeah. the next morning, I wake up with her, mm -hmm. went to the market, mm -hmm. take a little notes where yeah. she was going to put in her cochinita. Yeah. Nothing to do with the wow. previous one. Wow. Her cochinita it was, you know, you can tell there's levels. Yeah. My mom, yeah. I'm still down here myself, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then. Uh, How long ago was this? This is, I was. In 19, no, 2019, before I opened Suco. Wow. So I asked her, I said, hey, Mom, do you mind if I had that cochinita people in my menu? Yeah. And she's like, only one condition, my son. If I can go to Chicago and try and making sure that you're doing the right way. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So she came to Chicago. Yeah. She gave me the approval yeah. that I was doing right. So. You know what I love about that story? You told me the year, 2019. <laughs> that means you were already a Michelin-starred chef. <laughs> <laughs> and you went home and everybody yeah. there no not like mom's cooking no. it shows it doesn't matter it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter that's the thing still I love. levels yeah. Uh, yeah you know my mom is still up here i'm still down here learning mm -hmm. you know and that's the way it's supposed to be you know yeah. and that's that's the way you know uh suko has started you know i was inspired by home i was inspired by my mother's cooking i was inspired by the fact that you know it's the most beautiful thing when you serve all the uh, the food with the people that you love on the table, mm -hmm. and that's why suko. Yeah, yeah. Cool. One thing I loved about what you just said, Carlos, was um, from Mexique, and then you started here. You had to change. Yeah. You said you realize that people. There's a certain element of that's great. Fine dining is good, and sometimes I think um, in restaurants we we do things for our ego, right? Yeah. So we're like, oh, I want to open this fancy restaurant, but then you forget also, you know. The reason you're doing it is to, sh to share your passion, to share your talents with yeah. the world. And oftentimes, not everybody can go to a three-star Michelin restaurant or go to a fancy restaurant to make it more accessible. And you realize that, you know what? I can open Suco. I can still offer this exceptional quality, which will wow people. I mean, yeah. the reason I think you're all over Instagram is because the food that you cook not only is delicious, but it's like, it's so just amazing it's beautiful from your entrees to your dessert yeah. right you realize that you have to change yeah and i think that's sometimes a challenge for restaurateurs for chefs they get so stuck in one way kind of like we're talking about with pork people are so stuck in one way of thinking yeah. oh i'm only gonna eat this they have to venture out and, and change a little bit and try something new and maybe include pork in their their diet more or uh, on their menu more yeah. you know and you realize you have to change is one of the hardest things for us to do So here's the thing, I don't know why pork gets the bad rap. Every time somebody wants a healthy, lean cut of meat, they automatically go to chicken or steak. I'm not saying they're bad, but I prefer lean cuts of pork. They're still packed with a ton of protein. I mean, today's pork has about 16% less fat and 27% less saturated fat as compared to 30 years ago. Pork also has many beneficial qualities that make it easy to incorporate into a balanced menu. The variety of options range from decadent and flavorful to lean and nutrient cuts 
that are affordable, easy to make, and enjoyable for everybody. Both the pork tenderloin and pork sirloin roast meet the criteria for the American Heart Association heart checkmark, which means they contain less than five grams of fat, two grams or less of saturated fat, and 480 milligrams or less of sodium per label serving. Pork is packed with a ton of protein, making it easy to include in a health forward and balanced diet. For more information regarding the health benefits to pork, head to IllinoisPork.com. That's I-L-Pork.com. You know, one of the things I really want to bring to the world uh, right now, and especially to Chicago, within Latin cuisine and everything that you've done for it, especially in the time that we're in right now, it's challenging financially. Restaurants are, are challenged. Homes, you know, trying to find new things to cook. It can be expensive, right? We were just talking to the kitchen. Even eggs. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Eggs are expensive. And so when people look at proteins and then when they look at things to cook, pork hasn't always been at like the top of the list. But pork is actually healthy for you. The right cut has less fat in it, things of that nature. For you in coming up in the restaurant world, why do you think it's been uh, it's been almost challenging for restaurants to have pork on their menu, right? Like you always see steak, you always see chicken, but then why do you think chefs and restaurants have steered away from it? Sometimes I feel like uh, we don't have the right information. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to that, I grew up in Mexico in a town, a small town, you know, where people the most of most of the time they eat pork mm -hmm. and they die 102, 110 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then uh, they don't they don't mess around. You know, pork is the biggest thing mm -hmm. in Mexico in small towns, you know. And since you're very young, I mean, you grow up eating pork and eating pork. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got like two or three porks and you're back at your yard, yeah. you know. But I believe just, you know, we made a taboo kind of style talking mm -hmm. about pork, not eating pork. Um, because we don't have the right information. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting you see that we don't have the right information because I think a lot of people, especially here in America, mm -hmm. they're so scared of, all. Oh, if I don't cook it enough, it's too rare. See, I'm gonna get chickenella, I'm gonna get chickenella. That's like a time of the past. Mm -hmm. The way that you've seen, especially in Mexico and especially here in America, the way that they raise pork, the way that the pork producers are mm -hmm. taking care of it and the standards by which we operate by now, it's much safer now. Yeah. And so people can eat it. Um, closer to medium rare plus and 145 and things of that nature, right? So how do we get chefs and people at home to kind of like say, hey, you know what? You can eat this. What do we do to get them to start to, to cook pork loin, right? We're talking about pork loin. We're talking about, um, I like to call it the ribeye of pork, which is the bone in pork yeah, chop, pork right? Chop, Essentially, yeah. that's, that's like the ribeye. When you go to a yes. restaurant, everybody loves to order the ribeye. Why? Because yeah. it has good marbling, has good flavor, has good texture, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, we call it chuleta. Chuleta, <laughs> chuleta. Yeah, uh, to me it's one of the most, uh, my favorite, mm -hmm. you know, it uh, has a lot of flavor. It, it can get a little dry. Not we here at Suco. It. it's not dry here at Suco. No, it's no, because here. what we do, <laughs> <laughs> we, we let it simmer uh, or be in, uh, in this um, mix that we do water, mm -hmm. uh, salt, uh, some herbs mm -hmm. uh, for at least four hours and then uh, we pull it up and then uh, you cook it the right way yeah medium yeah. probably is the best you know yeah. and it's really nice and juicy tenderized mm -hmm. you let it rest for a couple minutes before you cut it and yeah 
tons of flavors and you know super good yeah what i'd love to see more restaurants right now especially and in the home what i want them to know is that especially in this time where restaurants are beginning to modify their menus mm -hmm. to be more cost effective because uh currently right now restaurants are in a position where they have to be very smart with uh, their menu choices on what they're offering clients so that they can make better margins, they can stay open, they can employ people, they yeah. can be open for business, right? And then the everyday person, when they go to the grocery store also, sometimes they're looking at chicken, which has been so expensive, or beef, which is extremely expensive, and they always forget about pork. Yeah. They always forget, hey, because of what we just talked about, because of, yeah. of the story we've been told growing yeah. up. But as restaurants are revamping their menus, they understand, hey, this is a great alternative that's very cost effective and these are ways to cook it so it's delicious. Same thing with the home cook who's looking to make, you know, today we're going to make a bondigas, right? Bondigas. Yeah. Um, and it's ground pork and it's a very yeah. inexpensive cut that you can utilize in order to feed a lot of people. Actually, Absolutely. right. Uh, you can feed a lot of people with a couple pounds of pork, some vegetables, the proper ingredients, and it, it spreads wide and you spend less with a delicious meal and it's healthy for you, which yeah. people don't really realize. When in the kitchen or out on the grill, it's important to remember these key facts when cooking pork. For the best eating experience, be sure to cook whole muscle cuts of pork, like chops and roasts, to 145 degrees Fahrenheit and 160 degrees Fahrenheit for ground pork. Remember that pork is lean, so overcooking will dry out the meat, so don't take your eye off of it. Now to watch Chef Carlos and I prepare a beautiful pork dish, abondigas, head to the Illinois Pork Facebook and YouTube page. But until then, We'll see you in the kitchen. You know, I tell people about this all, all the time, Carlos, about you. Yeah. I tell people when, when people mention you or they like, hey, can I, and I don't even hit you up half the time. Hey, I need a <laughs> reservation at Zuko. You know, I don't even, I'm like, nah, he's busy. Don't, don't bother me with it, right? But whatever I tell, this is what I always tell people. Mm -hmm. So honestly, forget us cooking. Forget about the food. Forget about the accolades. Forget about the restaurants. Forget about the five-star diamonds. Forget about all that stuff. Carlos, at heart, he's like one of the most genuine, authentic people you will ever meet. And Thank so you. humble. As you and I have been in restaurants for a long time, we see cultures, we know a certain feeling, we know how, how owners or chefs or things of that nature might be with their people. Here, it really is run like a family from it day is. one, from it even is. before day one. Yeah. When this place, when we were in here, and this place was just a concrete box with stuff everywhere, yeah. you could already tell the way that everything was being structured and the culture. Um, and I think that's what people will always remember, whether they worked for you or with you for a short period of time, they come and they go, they'll always remember of how you made them feel. You know what, it's very important for me, very important the way that I treat uh, my staff. And when you teach them by sample, mm -hmm. they learn, you know, yeah. and, and there's no other better way to, to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about this before, you know, how did I got in, make sure that I try to do everything the right way because I have so many young chefs that text me almost every day like hey chef when I grow up I want to be like you mm -hmm. I'm like why are you dreaming so low <laughs> I mean I can teach you you know how to get here and but you had a promise you had to do homework yeah and yeah. and yeah. 10 years be better than me exactly you yeah. know it's like that's those things you know that's why I opened that cooking school mm -hmm. I did open that cooking yeah. school in El Paso Texas yeah yeah. You know, to it's nothing more beautiful than just have a legacy behind mm -hmm. building these young kids to be better than you, you know, for the future and, and be uh, 
best chefs in America, you know, mm-hmm. best chefs in Mexico. Yeah. And why not best chefs in, around the world, you know, yeah. the kids, they spend time with you, you yeah. know. Is that one of the main reasons why you wanted to open the cooking school in El Paso is, mm-hmm. you know, um, can you imagine that day when you have your first chef who was a student there and they earn uh, whatever accolade it is, knowing that you had just a little piece of that, you were able to yeah. touch that a little bit. Is that part of your legacy? Yes. Yeah. I think it is. You know, it's important. Uh, I want them to be happy where they are because some of them probably they just want to do the best yeah. barbacoa and right. they're going to open a restaurant and just future yeah. best barbacoa. Doesn't yeah. mean that they can get a Michelin yeah. star. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but if they want to, keep a, I don't know, a food truck with the barbacoas and drive around and when they're happy, they're I'm happy, happy. Happy, I love that. I'm yeah. happy, you know, yeah. because I'm going to be part of that life of uh, choosing or of uh, just letting know exactly, you know, why, how they can be happy with their families uh, using their talents, yeah. you know, the right way. I love that you corrected me because I was talking about accolades and this is why you're so awesome because <laughs> then you said it doesn't matter. That part yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as they made an impact and they live their life in happiness and if yeah. they had a food truck and all they did was sell barbacoa and they're happy, you're happy. Yeah. Right? Most people that work in the kitchen, we didn't do well in school. I almost <laughs> failed out of high school. We got into yeah. trouble. Yeah. We don't learn by sitting down and reading yeah. something. We're rebels. We yeah. we liked the camaraderie of being in the yeah. kitchen around a bunch of other outcasts. We right? hate we love sitting that. down. We hate you know, sitting down. This is hard computer. for me right now, man. This is hard, right? Sometimes when I got to write a recipe, put it in the computer, I just like fighting myself. <laughs> like, now nah, go to sleep. And like, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to type, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. It's not easy for us being in the kitchen, standing up all day long as yeah. with a knife, you know, it's it's like our comfort zone. It's our comfort way to live mm-hmm. our life, you know. Yeah. I mean, I remember I used to teach uh, Kendall College mm-hmm. and for me to be in the classroom, I was like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. No formal training. Yeah. You own your own cooking school with a curriculum where they earn a degree. Yeah. You've taught it. Culinary schools, Kendall is one of the best, right? Yeah. You're a professor. That says everything right there. And then uh, one of the beautiful thing being in Kendall, I was there for three years. Every single class, I had a full class. Yeah. Full class. I was teaching more, had to be passionate about mm-hmm. cooking. Then I used to give them a recipe every, every time they used to have a class mm-hmm. and we used to make something. But for me, it was more important, you know, the feeling behind everything to understand yeah. why we're spending this time, why we're going to be living our lives, you know, mm-hmm. when everybody else is taking their, the day off, we're yeah. going to be working. Yeah. Holidays, we're working. Holidays, you're working. You know, teaching them the, that yeah. passion, you know, of, of, of being there and not, not being hurt uh, because you're working when everybody else is yeah. not, yeah. you know. As yeah. our lifestyle. At a chef just, early on, encouraged because, you know, coming out of high school, um, I wasn't very smart. So obviously I had my own insecurities about not being good, you know, going into a college or going to the school. Right. And one of the chefs early on that I worked for, a pretty famous chef, he said to me, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. Yeah. Right. And that's the greatest thing about our industry is you can get anybody who has the hunger and determination off the street. And prove to us that you have the work ethic. Yeah. And we'll go back there and we'll show you, right? That, and that's, I think, what you've done a lot. You've showed <laughs> as, people the way. You've that's exactly the way. what we do. That's yeah. exactly what we do. What do you, you want to be remembered for, Carlos? As you're 
you know, I think building I, your your empire. I think I'm I'm doing something different right mm -hmm. now. I think I'm, I'm uh, educating uh, people who don't doesn't understand Mexican cuisine because in the United States or around the world, uh, Mexicans this is our fault that we don't represent our food and culture really well. So we're afraid to do new new style. You know, people who send, they don't know what a pescado a la talla is. People mm. they don't know what pulpo enamorado. Many things that we have on the menus, but people know some Mexican cuisine as uh, tacos and tortas, mm -hmm. fast food, cheap food, mm -hmm. and it's not what it is in Mexico. Mm -hmm. You know, in Mexico yeah. we have an amazing culture, amazing cuisine, and one of the challenges that I took my in my own is bringing the authentic Mexican cuisine that people do not know. Mm -hmm. You know, that cochinita pibil is cooking whole. Yeah, you know, the pescado a la talla that you go to Acapulco and and it's cooked in front of you, you know, whole fish, uh, delicious, you know. So many things, you know, that people do not know. The barbacoa, you know, that we have, the lamb barbacoa, the lamb necks over here. Amazing with the ingredients that, that people were not familiar, you know, hojoque. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a Greek yogurt. Uh, we have a lot of influence from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. the, the brav, you know, the tacos al pastor and everything. So we have a lot of ingredients that we utilize in Mexico. Yeah. Maybe not, people do not understand they're Mexican yeah. as well, you know. Right. And if you go up to the, uh, the, the mountains up there, you know, in rain seasons, you find morel mushrooms, mm -hmm. chanterelles, you find all those. In Mexico. In Mexico. Wow, and yeah. people relate that to other cuisines. Yeah. You don't yeah. even think that that's part you don't of Mexican even think, cuisine. Yeah. yeah. So it's a season, you know, they have mm -hmm. a lot of chefs that get together and they, spend about five days in the mountains collecting all these mushrooms cooking over there just mushroom time mm -hmm. and bring mushrooms uh you know to the markets it's, it's amazing people do not know that yeah you know i yeah. get the chance to, to travel mexico all over and get to know many ingredients baja california the the all the seafood is amazing you know the cold water it helps to to bring the most amazing products mm -hmm from the ocean. Yeah. We had Japanese chefs, Japanese company come to Mexico and buy the best tuna fish. Mm -hmm. All the best tuna that they, 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 is being taken from Baja, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, people do not know those wow. things. I know? don't know you get really great tuna out of Baja, California. Oh yeah, it's wow. best quality. Wow. Yeah, we had so many fish that are, uh, you know, uh, protected by the uh, Mexican government mm -hmm. because of getting extinct. Yeah, yeah. That it's, uh, uh, prices, you know, Chinese people, Japanese people, they want to buy them. You know, mm -hmm. they pay a lot of money for yeah, those. For the quality. Yeah, for the yeah. quality is amazing. Yeah. I think it's very important, you know, to do that change. That's why uh, you ask, you know, what is the legacy behind, you know, that you want people remember from you. So I guess, you know, that, that I was one of the uh, few, you know, I took the next step to, to mm -hmm. change the face of the Mexican gastronomy of around the world. Yeah, yeah. to change it. So yeah. it's not what people think it is when it's commercialized, yeah. but what the real authentic, uh, what, our, what our parents, grandparents, and everything left behind that can get lost. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So they don't go home and cook their mama cochinita pibil that <laughs> nobody wants to eat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's important for us to pass it on. Well, thank you, Carlos. I sincerely appreciate thank you. what thank you, you do and your time and everything. So thank you, Carlos. No, brother. <laughs>
Thanks for joining us on the Chop Talk podcast, sponsored by the Illinois Pork Producers. We're excited to continue exploring the culinary world, connecting with talented chefs and dedicated farmers, and sharing their inspiring stories with you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media for updates on upcoming episodes. 